0: to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at one 877 5483 or email her at mother at com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. So
1: good to be with you. I pray you had a wonderful weekend. Um and I know that everyone had a wonderful weekend I did over here, but uh, that's not always the case. But um uh, yesterday it was raining here and I passed some young people at church and I and it was the sun had come out right after the mass. And I said the sun is out, but what I didn't say and I thought is that the S-O-N, the sun is out. The sun is always out. He's always with you, beloved, no matter what you're going through, even if you forget to think of Him. He's always out. out. He's with you, and He waits for you to come to Him with every difficulty and with every joy. We are, the Scriptures tell us, to give thanks in all things. That's the good and the bad, for the Scripture says, this is God's will concerning you, in Christ Jesus. Paul wrote that to the Thessalonians. So um, I'm happy to be with you. It always seems like weeks when a weekend has passed. And I came across a book that I'm not going to resist telling you about. It has to do with the schools today, the public schools. And you know, for some years, um, I have been uh, urging parents as much as they possibly can to homeschool and have said that homeschooling is not just a matter for the mother of the family. It's a, a cooperative situation, mother and father. The mother may do uh, the main teaching at home during the day, but the father should be part of that when he comes home from work. Now, this is kind of presenting a normal situation uh, where the mother is at home and the father works. And I've, I've said, if at all possible, moms, you need to go home. Don't worry about putting extra money away for the children's uh, high school or rather college education and abandon them when they're young to let someone else raise them. They need you more, more than they need college later. They need you at home now. There is nothing more crucial than a mother being at home with her children. Nothing more crucial. And there are cases where women earn Uh, a larger salary than their husband's, maybe they're a nurse and their husband uh, has a good job but doesn't earn as much and so the father stays home, that's not God's design. It is not God's design. The mother needs to be home with her children. That is the way God set it up. Children don't need simply to be uh, protected in the home and fed and and, uh, lots of things done. But they need their mother in their younger years. They need their mother at home with them. It's, um, it's a biblical fact. It's a scientific fact. It's, it's the way God set it up. Um, and so I'm speaking now, uh, well, to everybody, not just a normal family model. I'm, I'm speaking to everyone because through the years, as I've urged homeschooling, uh, we've recognized, of course, that not everyone can homeschool uh, for different reasons, and it has nothing to do with your intelligence or your own education, beloved. It has to do with your being a proper uh, mom and dad to your children. And there are lots of associations, lots of help outside, lots of homeschooling families you can connect with to help, so many different things, Um That can help you, truly, if you look into it. Um, But as of late, um, uh, and I've said many times that if you cannot homeschool, uh, you need to be very careful where you put your children in school, because you, no matter what the situation is, are responsible for the growth of your children in the faith. Uh, for the moral growth of your children, you have the stewardship there, mom and dad, not the schools and not the church. The schools and the church will be accountable for what they've done and failed to do, but parents are never to turn their children over to either one. You are still, whether you send whether or not you send your children out to a Catholic school or a public school, before God, you are still responsible what they learn, what they know, and how they apply it. Um, So if they go to a public school or a Catholic school, when they come home, you need to know what they've, you need to sit down with them, have cookies and milk, and sit down with them and see what they've learned, especially uh, in high school. And and now especially in the elementary school. Um, uh, I used to say that it's better to send your children to a good public school, if there be such a thing, a good public school or a charter school, than to send them to a bad Catholic school, because when they enter college and they leave the faith, um, they think they're leaving the Catholic Church, and they're not, because they never knew what the Catholic Church was through the school they went to, through the quote unquote Catholic school they went to. And so um now i say that uh as as bad as some catholic schools might be and you need to know how bad they are because if they're corrupt you don't want to send your children there um you may send them there and still do a lot of homeschooling that's the case now in most catholic schools but the public schools uh, such evil that's the word evil has filtrated, penetrated into those schools that I came across a book by two authors, Mary Rice Hassan and Teresa Farnan. Um, It's an urgent book. I think it was written a year ago. Uh, It might even be two years now. I have to look that up. And the title is Get Out Now. And the subtitle, Why You Should Pull Your Children from Public School, before it's too late. And here is the title. Let me see if I can show that to you. Get out now. That's what you need to do. Um, You need to get your children out now. And I'm going to read you um, the editorial comments on the book on the back cover. Um, From Rod Dreher, he's the author of The Benedict Option. This prophetic book is a clear and present danger to conservative complacency. The culture war is over in most public schools, and our side lost. Mary Rice Hassen and Teresa Farnan's galvanizing case for a public school, uh, exodus, should be a game changer for the conservative parents, for conservative parents, beloved, especially religious believers, under the outdated illusion, illusion, beloved, no reality here, the outdated illusion that their kids can be salt and light in such hostile deserts. Um, Let me just uh, press a little button here. Hold on a second. Okay. And from uh, Paul... um, Ken Gore, he's a Ph.D., I don't know him. He's the author of Takedown from Communists to Progressives, How the Left Has Sabotaged Family and Marriage and the Politically Incorrect Guide to Communism. Let me read you his comment. <clears throat> he says, I share the author's view that there are dedicated and talented teachers and administrators, many of them former students of mine, serving heroically in our public schools, but as Farnan and Hassan show, parents send their children to public schools at great peril. The risk to mind, body, and soul is too high. Don't just read this book, he says. Buy dozens of copies for family and friends. If you care about their kids, get them this book." There's four comments. I'll give you the third one, and it's by Joy Pullman, who is executive director of The Federalist. She says, don't be one of the millions of parents helplessly gobsmacked when your children leave their faith or consider irreversible self-mutilation. Not knowing what's happening may be comfortable But it endangers your family. I'm going to add not just comfortable, but uh, a selfish option. Because you may like your job. You may have gone to school for your career. Maybe, Mom, you're a lawyer. Who knows what? You're president of a company. You need to go home. You need to homeschool your children. You need to live your vocation. You know, it's not a true comparison, but when someone enters religious life, I've had women enters enter who are psychiatrists, who are uh, social service workers for the family for thirty years, who um, I'm trying to think of some of their background um, uh, technical experts for a long time. Um, uh, I remember a film, Um, of, uh, I think it was for the Dominicans in Ann Arbor, someone asked one of the sisters why she wanted to be Prime Minister of Canada and she said that she wanted even more than that. So she gave everything up and became a a religious sister. You see, you when you married uh, mom uh, and dad, but especially mom, you gave everything up to be a wife and a mother. If you didn't, then your marriage is uh, on a very difficult ground. Um, You gave everything up. Now, you may have been able to work for a few years or for a few months until you had children. I don't know, but um, you need to be home with them. You need to be home with them and try a home business if you can. Let me finish reading Joy Pullman's comment here. Um, She said, um let me see now. Um she said what's not knowing what is happening may be comfortable but it endangers your family. So perfect so rather so protect your children proactively start by reading this book. It may lead you to better decisions as a parent and a citizen about some deeply important Social changes that affect you and those you love. One last comment, which is from one of the greatest Catholic men and authors that I have come across. Um, he's also a professor of English. It is Anthony Esolen, E S O L E N, and I, I beg your pardon. Uh, Dear Mr. Asolin, if I get your name wrong, maybe it's Esolen, or it's E-S-O-L-E-N, and I've always said Asolen, Anthony Asolen. um, He's professor of English Renaissance and classical literature at the Thomas More College of Liberal Arts, and he's author of Out of the Ashes, Rebuilding American Culture. He's written many books, and we have several of them here. And he says this, listen. Beloved, listen to his comment. He said, "I have often said that there are only two things wrong with our schools: everything the children do not learn there, and everything they do." I see now that my diagnosis was far too optimistic, for Mary Rice Hansen Hessen. And Therese Farnan show that the schools are far worse than I had supposed. Get your kids out of there now. Now you can say, um, you know, let me wait. I'm keeping tabs on my school. I know what my children are learning. I'll just wait till it gets bad. Um, I'm going to read you. Uh, the inside cover of the book. I'd like to read you this entire book. I have not finished the book. I've started it. I haven't finished it, but it is, um, it's over 300 pages. Um, it, it would take us a long time if I read it on air. I have something else for you instead, but I'm going to read just the inside cover. Um, excuse me, the, the print for me is a little small, so I'm going to, Move up my spectacles here. Um, should we stay or should we go? Millions of parents with children in public schools cannot believe they are asking this question. But they are, and you should be asking it too. Almost overnight, America's public schools have become toxic morally, intellectually, and politically toxic. With the most recent outrage, the imposition of gender ideology from kindergarten through high school. Do you hear that? Gender ideology from kindergarten through high school. We are left with a system designed to turn the hearts and minds of children away from faith in God, love of country away from that, and plain old common sense away from that, too. Is it really that bad? And the cover b- says this. Consider the facts. I'm going to take the cover off to be able to read it better to you. The lunacy of pretending that you can choose your gender identity. Let me repeat that. The lunacy of pretending that you can choose your gender identity is ruthlessly enforced at every level of the education system. Every level, beloved. It's not first when children come to high school. It's kindergarten on. I've read it in the news. I've seen illustrations. It is, it's very, it's awful. It's toxic. It is poison for your children. You, if you send your children, to the public schools. You are turning them over to be raised by pure evil. They'd rather be home and have oatmeal every day with you than be in such a system. You would prefer that, I hope. Decades of court-imposed atheism in public schools have produced the most godless generation in American history. Relentless indoctrination in moral relativism has left more than two-thirds of young people with a belief in truth or objective right and wrong. Without a belief. Did I say with? I don't remember what I said, but relentless indoctrination in moral relativism has left more than two-thirds of young people without a belief in truth and objective right and wrong. Though the United States spends more per pupil than almost every other country in the world, our public schools are a swamp of academic mediocrity. And um, uh, I think that's being generous. The one thing public schools succeed at is churning out politically correct snowflakes prepped for left-wing activism in college. Why not stay, some would ask, why not stay and be part of the solution? Because your own children are at risk. That's your first priority, beloved. Public education is beyond repair, and there are no do-overs on childhood. Mary Rice Hassen and Teresa Farnan make an overwhelming and sobering case that government-run government schools are a threat to your children, your family, and our nation's future. And that goes for many charter schools as well, beloved. They are government-run. Too much is at stake. Your children's intellect, their character, their souls. Don't let convenience, fear, or wishful thinking trap your children in the public schools. It's time to get out now, now. Because I would love to read this book to you, and it's just, it would take us probably a few months to go through at this pace on the on the radio and live stream. I am very, very grateful for an article that Crisis Magazine published, uh, I think it was last December. And... Um, it's by Jim Russell, and it is about this book. And I only found it because I was looking for a summary of the book if someone had written a good, responsible summary to, um, to read to you. And if it's on Crisis Magazine, I know it's a good, responsible summary. And so the title is Get Out Now, The Compelling Case Against Public Schools by Jim Russell, and you can look it up by putting those words into a, a search engine and um, uh, just typing in, get out now. It's it's urgent, beloved. It may seem alarming, and it is. It is. I started reading the book. Um, I'm going to read through Jim Russell's article that um, summarizes the book with you. He says, so many of us have heard indirectly and anecdotally, that our public school system is a nationwide wasteland that does harm to children, and hold on a minute, that does harm to children and has wrought havoc upon our culture, values, and sense of history. But has anyone taken the time and energy to examine this catastrophe at its root? One second. I'm, I'm trying to work with a little light here that helps me down here. Just one minute. I need a technical engineer on my end. Okay, here we go. Um, perhaps not until now. I'll repeat that. But has anyone taken the time and energy to examine this catastrophe at a definitive um, Uh, at its root, rather, perhaps not until now. Um, Regnery Publishing has this year provided a definitive, careful, and well-researched exposé of the corruption at the core of the public school system. And Regnery, again, I don't know that I'm pronouncing it right, um, but they are the authors, rather the publishers, excuse me, of this book. It's spelled R E G. N-E-R-Y, Regnery Publishing. <clears throat> the title of the book is Get Out Now, Why You Should Pull Your Children from Public School Before It's Too Late. Co-authors Mary Rice Hassan, um, J.D., and Teresa Farnon, Ph.D., daughters of the renowned Notre Dame law professor Charles Rice. Whatever you've heard of Notre Dame, Notre Dame, as much as they've um, gone off the rails uh, in ways, uh, Charles Rice is outstanding. And these are his daughters, which I just learned myself, are far from alarmists. So the um, the daughters of Charles Rice, are f- the authors of this book, are far from alarmists in a panic about an overblown issue. Rather, they have combined... Um, to present an incredibly rich and detailed overview of a pervasive and devastating problem that has for too long overwhelmed our young people and threatens to undermine both reality and truth, not to mention God's perfect plan for human flourishing. If you have children in school, if you have grandchildren in school, if you have neighbors and friends and people at church that send their children to public school, um, I would beg you to listen to this uh, or at least to look it up online, Crisis Magazine. Get out now. Uh, It's too urgent, beloved. This is not some radical group. This is facts, public school facts. The authors... Uh, Jim Russell says, lay out their dramatic case in three parts. Part one comprises three chapters on the corrupting and game-changing gender crusade that seeks to brainwash our children into accepting the false ideologies of gender and sexual orientation. The second part has six chapters covering multiple other issues at work, in public schools such as atheism and secular humanism, the loss of our American identity in favor of forming young activists rather than patriots, the way in which parents are rendered powerless by the system, the social-emotional learning affecting our kids, psychological makeup, fake and failing education and the inevitable hard truth that parents cannot fix any of this. Readers by no means overlook the substantial third part of this work, an appendix of insightful follow-up questions. Oh dear. Not only are we not going to read the book, but we're not going to get too far in this summary, but I will continue it with you, beloved, um, even if it takes us all week, um, uh, the first half of the program, because it is so urgent. It is. I don't know anything more urgent today. We are destroying our children. We are destroying them. We are not only frogs in warm water. The water is boiling. And if we don't get our children out, they will be burnt to death. They will be. There's the music for our break, beloved. Call in with anything on your heart. Toll free at one 511 5483 or text at that number as well or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
2: Listener supported Catholic lay apostolate. The Station of the Cross relies on the generosity of listeners like you to help us spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Please let us know if recent changes have been made to your payment information so that we can better serve you as you continue to bless us with your financial support. Update your information today at thestationofthecross.com or by calling 1 877 888 6279, extension 104.
0: Welcome back to Mother Miriam live beloved. I'm so happy
1: to be with you. We have a whole half hour to ourselves for your calls or text or questions. Again, whatever's on your heart, it never has to be what we're speaking about. The matter is the matter of your heart. And so the toll-free number to call or text is one 5483 or email. At mother at the station of the We have a call from Ron in Syracuse. Are you there, dear brother? Ron? Hello? I wonder if Ron's not there anymore. Um, uh, Paul from Braintree, are you there, dear one? Yes. Good morning, Mother. Good, good morning. To good morning, I Paul. Yeah, hold good, on good a minute, morning, Paul. Huh? Let, let me just say a word to Ron from Syracuse. Um, Ron, if you're on the line, we were not able to hear you. Hold on, and we'll speak with you after Paul, or or feel free to call back. Go ahead, dear Paul. How are you doing?
3: I'm excellent, Mother. Um, in fact, I'm getting together with a priest and two of my fr- seminarian friends uh, tonight for, for some fellowship. They're going back in the seminary, Most, many of them returning uh, this week uh, all Beautiful. over the country. So. Please Beautiful. pray for them. I'm actually a benefactor of the three of them.
4: My God mother, bless um, I you, know you. Paul.
3: Thank you very much. Mother, I know that you're railed about this, and I see um, when, when when we receive the sacred body and blood of Jesus Christ in communion, and in my ritual is when I walk up, I always bow and receive it on the tongue. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm actually opposed to communion in the hand myself, like you are. When um, when a, a communicant, a parent, is carrying, holding a child in his or her arms, and it is it, it I see that it's, it's a nice gesture. Is it permissible by, by a canon law for the priest to give the child a blessing after he uh, administers the communion to the parent?
1: It's a good question, like, Paul. It's, it's, yeah. um, you're going to a Novus Ordo mass, right? If you bow, uh, I'm guessing you're going to Novus Ordo, correct?
3: Yes, that's correct.
1: Yes, okay. And you're, bow, you're bowing and receiving our Lord on your tongue, which is the norm in both cases. I wish everybody would right. follow you in those gestures. Um, Thank you. I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know. I I would doubt that it's in canon law because it's it's not why anybody comes up to receive a blessing, even if it's a baby. An infant in the mother's arms, it's not the time for a blessing. we We lose the focus on the holiness and the reverence uh, do our Lord when we when the priest includes blessings for children. I want to tell you that I, I don't think it's appropriate, but um, I say but, and we go to a Latin parish. And I could never ask for a better, more wonderful priest than than we have here in Tulsa at the Latin Parish. But he never fails to bless the little children. And to watch his face when he does it with the smile of love on his face is, I could put it on film. It's so extraordinarily beautiful. And I know it's a blessing for the parents and the church. But I cannot tell you it's appropriate. My heart says it's not. Uh, at that point. There there are times when the the family leaves church or at other times the parents could bring the child for a blessing. I don't understand that it's appropriate at the communion rail or even if no rail, but I cannot tell you canonically. I doubt it's in the canon because it's not part of the mass, so I doubt it, but um, I can't answer that definitively.
3: Okay. Well, Mother, thank you very much. It's always a blessing to speak with you, and you're always in my prayers, and uh, God, God you. bless you, and, uh, and, and and your relationship with our Blessed Lady. You know, I, I've consecrated myself to her, and, and oh, we pray good. for all the same thing, too. The priests have yeah. to be consecrated to Our Lady. Yeah. Full of that's right. Absolutely. Liberty, you know? yeah.
1: yeah, that's right. They must be. And uh, hopefully yeah. the three seminarians that you are sponsoring uh, have that good... A word from you. I hope, hopefully, they'll take that consecration to Jesus through Mary as well.
3: I'll be bringing it up to them tonight at the dinner table. Believe me, I
1: will. (laughs) All right. Good. You tell them Mother Miriam wants you to do this. Okay. All right, Paul. God bless you, dear one. Bye. Bye -bye. I'm I'm going to call out to Ron again from Syracuse. Are you there, dear brother?
5: Yes, uh, Mother. Thank you.
1: Sure. Hi, Ron. Well,
5: thank Hi, Mother. Thank you so much. Yeah, for some reason, the phone just went dead on my end here. Oh, I'm sorry about that. That
1: happens sometime. No problem. No problem, dear one. Do you have a question?
5: Yes, Mother. Last uh, Friday, our uh, granddaughter from Boston was in with us, and we took her to Mass. And uh, she's a very reverent little girl. She wears her brown scap always on the outside. And, you know, and she, she went up for communion and she knelt down for communion, and the priest kind of scolded her, and he said, we don't do that. And she got up right away, and though she, she did something wrong, she apologized, and he put it uh, on the tongue for her.
1: She and stood then after
5: up? Mass, mm-hmm. Yeah, she stood up, because he mm-hmm. said, we don't do that. In other words, for her to stand up. So after Mass, we went in the sacristy, and then very nicely, he said, oh, Father, uh, you didn't want to give her uh, communion with her kneeling down? Is there a reason for this? And he just said, Uh, the Catholic bishops U.S. Catholic bishops don't want us to do that anymore He's wrong
1: He's wrong He needs to show you Say, Father um, uh, it may not be the norm it should be the norm but it may not be the norm but I'd like you to refer me to where the U.S. Catholic bishops have said not to do that to begin with The USCCB, the the Catholic bishops um, of the USCCB, do have no authority over the the priests in the United States. They are an organization that was put together to help against Pope Benedict's uh, urging them not to form. Uh, They have no authority. And so, to begin with, what they want or don't want has nothing to do with the decision of this priest. It may have something to do with it. He could take it into consideration, but, um, but there is no one, uh, the Vatican and the canon law is over the USCCB. The USCCB are not over the bishops of the United States. Um, and the church says that we are never to refuse anyone communion for kneeling. Absolutely not. It's not the norm. Um, and whether people trip or not, that's their problem. Don't follow so closely. But um, uh, he's wrong. He's wrong. And he's not going to be able to support it. Um, and if I were you, I would go to another parish. But I would explain to your granddaughter, how old is she?
5: Yeah. How old yeah. is your uh, grand? Oh, I'm sorry, she's 14. Uh, All
1: right, daughter. you explain to her... That she should pray for this priest who has lost his reverence and his love for our blessed Lord in the Eucharist. Um, And let her pray for him. And if it were her parish, I would urge her family to find another parish. Okay, Ron, you're absolutely right. She was absolutely right. The priest is not only wrong, but abusive in that situation. He had no right. Okay.
5: Thank thank you very much. All right, Ron.
1: God bless you, beloved. Uh, There's our music, beloved. I think we have Gene on the line. Gene, will take you right when we come back from the break. So don't go away. And anybody else, feel free to call in during the break. Uh, Toll-free 1-877-511.
2: Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful, full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at faithfulinsight.com and may God bless you.
0: to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at one 5483 or email her at mother at com. <laughs> Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And uh,
1: again, the last segment of our program, and you are welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart, toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. Text at that number as well, or email at Mother at the dot com. We have Jean from Massachusetts on the line. Are you there, dear one?
4: Yes, I am.
1: Hi, Thanks for holding on, Jean.
4: <clears throat> Thank you. Um, after listening to the type of a conversation that you had this morning about our school systems, yes, the education uh, the, and the battles that go on, even in the state of Massachusetts, mm-hmm. uh, all, all the all the wrongs uh, that all the rights, all the all the wrongs, how, how am I going to? All the wrongs of yesterday are now becoming the rights of today, which is totally frustrating. I'm sitting. I'm sitting in my car because I didn't want to move, uh, and I, I'm answering my my own question. I mean, how can we rise above what is being taught to our young young minds today? And I know that's prayer and and education. And I have to thank you, Mother, because you are one of the very few that I am aware of who are trying to educate those today with the wrongs that are happening to to to. Educate them with what is right, as opposed to what they're being taught. And it's as a grandmother and as a having grandchildren and great grandchildren, uh, I am very devastated um, of what these young children are being uh, subject to. Indeed, uh, unfortunately, not everybody has the opportunity to, to um, teach their children at home, uh, and 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 or have the ability or have the the knowledge to be able to do that, which is the best thing. But that's a fallacy, it's people, Jean.
1: It's a fallacy. Excuse It's a fallacy. Oh, heart. I know. Oh. Because that's why people don't teach their children at home. They feel that they don't have the opportunity or the knowledge. They feel inadequate. They feel they'll ruin their children. It's the opposite. If they keep them in school, they'll ruin their children, not if they bring them home.
4: You're, you're, absol- you're absolutely <laughs> right, Mother. I mean, I, I'd like to hear this more in, my, in our churches. I mean, I don't hear it enough in our churches yeah. I and mean, I, I am so I am so grateful in fact, I just became a widow, and I'm saying to myself i'd like mm. to be I'd like to join a convent, but i i don't I don't know if there's an opportunity for even for me to do that because living in this world, the way this world is it is not a happy place for me. I really have to shut myself up from a lot of news and things well, that are very you can join us,
1: Jean. You can join us. We receive widows. We receive women of all ages. But we've had a number of grandmothers who've wanted to be a part of us, and they'll come in for a few months and say, no, I, I miss my grandchildren. I don't want them to grow up without me. So there's a real struggles there. But... Um, but we, we would accept grandmothers. We, we accept women of, of, from 18 to 118. I've always said that. But if someone's 119 and they can keep the rule, we'll make an exception. <laughs> I'm playing here. But no, no, no. Uh, there, are older, there are other orders, not too many, that accept uh, widows and older women. So that's a possibility. But again, whatever choice we make, it's a huge choice. But let me make this analogy. When you say we need to pray and educate and educate the children or educate the parents, if uh, I'm going to make a very strong comparison here that's so obvious. If your child <clears throat> were swimming, your eight-year-old child was swimming in the ocean, and you see a shark coming at that little child, um, you're going to say, oh my goodness. Um, What am I going to do? I don't know how to swim. I mean, I I can't. I I, I don't think I can swim. I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, uh, let's pray and educate that child to never go back that far in the water by himself. What's that going to do? The child's going to be killed. Prayer and education is not the root at that point. The only thing to do is get that baby out of the water. It's the only, and you would scream your lungs out, help, get him out. And people would come and swim and get them out, or you'd throw them a lifesaver or something. That's the stage we're in. Not to pray, not to decide, as of next year, I'll homeschool. This year is starting, September, the new school year, to get them out now. That's the title of the book, Get Out Now. Otherwise, you are responsible for putting your child, whoever the you is, in a tremendously corrupting debauched evil ocean for another year. I wouldn't make that choice.
4: Uh, all right. Who is the
1: author of that book? All right. It's, um, again, the title is Get Out Now, and the Get author up. is uh, a dual, two women, uh, daughters of Charles Rice. One is Mary Rice Hasson, H-A-S-S-O-N, and yeah. Teresa Farnon, F A R N A N. The title is okay. Get Out Now and um again it's Regnery R E G N E R Y Gateway Publishing. And I would okay. um I would say to anyone, whatever you can do, get your children out now. Get the book and give it to your children for their grandchildren.
4: That's what I'm going to do. So I'm very grateful that I heard you today because I needed that encouragement.
1: Good. God bless you, Jean. We need to be warriors. Okay, thanks. Thank,
4: thank you. Oh, have thank a good you, day. Sweetheart. God you, sweetheart. You too.
1: Uh, we have Rick from Auburn, New York, on the line. Are you there, dear?
6: Hi, Mother. Hi, good Rick. Morning.
1: Good morning. The
6: peace of the Lord be on you.
1: And on you, my dear brother. Thank you.
6: Thank you, Mother. Um, thank you for feeding us and giving us all your 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 blessings. And I uh, just have a quick comment, and I hope... Um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, we've uh, started a men's group, uh, the Knights of the Sacred Heart, and uh, we had the pleasure of uh, seeing the bishop this um, Wednesday at the Assumption Mass. And we told him a little bit about our group. We are about uh, restoration, reformation, not revolution. We are. There, it's a tumultuous time in the church, and we are here trying to pray and stay. The course, and he gave us a little blessing, and good. it was nice. I also want to say thank you for letting me letting us know about this book, and perhaps the information will sort of spill over about the schools and things like that, and it's nice to stay in contact with um, good, wholesome people like yourself that will kind of cut through all the fog and, and everything like that.
1: Rick Mother, and it's a tremendous um, let me just say it's a wonderful encouragement to me and to our listeners to know that men are doing getting together for holiness and to pierce the darkness. It's a wonderful thing. Thank you, Rick.
6: I have to say something that's heavy on my Um we went to the festival they were having, um, in town here, um, sponsored by the church and I were gonna give away our book that's we all always do and um the priest asked, you know, what are you doing? And I said, we're the Knights of the Sacred Heart. Um, we had spoken to the bishop and playfully, I said, he absolutely wanted us to be here today, which was not necessarily true, but I was hoping he would say, well, I welcome you and, and welcome, but he didn't. He says, no, I don't like this and you guys cannot set up. So I said, we're lay people, Father, we're, we're sinners and we're hypocrites, just like everybody else. We're not under the diocesan umbrella. But he said we could not set up. But um, Mother, it just seems kind of like good deeds will not go unpunished. And we try to keep ourselves in check. Our, our compass is the gospel is our armor. The catechism is our sword and the summa Theologica is our shield. So we try to stay. So Mother, long story short, I said in obedience, Father, I will not I will not go forward and um, we left and the next day we went to another festival where we were well received and and there's a lot of um, beatings we have to endure and, and thank you mother for keeping us going and we know we're sort of on the right track if we don't get our emotions in there and just stay the course and like I said, reparation, not revolution, um, restoration, prayer, penance, penance mother. Um,
1: you know, Rick, help. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yes. say this. Um, when you're doing a good thing, it's difficult to know that at times we may be doing a good thing but defeating ourselves. That first where the pastor didn't want you to come, was it a parish festival?
6: Parish grounds.
1: They weren't having a festival?
6: Yes, they, they they were having a, a festival off Parish Grounds.
1: Off Parish Grounds for their yes. parish.
6: Um, at, it was like um, the Italian Club was sponsoring it, and then, or I mean the Italian Club was holding it, and it was off Parish Grounds.
1: And for whom was it put on? Station. Was it put on for a special parish?
6: Uh, yes, it was sponsored okay. by um, by our parishes, yes.
1: Okay, now, you said parishes plural or yes. a particular well, parish
6: it's a cluster I, I believe it was Saint Mary and Martha parishes
1: okay so there's two parishes and the priests would have been in charge of that happening yes mother yes. and you would have gone in to set something up without the permission of either priest
6: well I believe that it was off church ground so we were it doesn't to matter the it doesn't react, matter mother, where
1: yes. it is mm-hmm. it was yes. put on by those two parishes. Um, who whatever Italian, whatever group ran it, it was for the two parishes. So let me say this, Rick. What you're doing is fantastic. Um, I applaud you, and I pray that no negativity will ever discourage you, ever. Um, But you need to go about it in a right way. You're trying to—I'm going to holler at you now. You're trying to restore what is good and holy and true— and you cannot go about it by um, unholy means. So to begin with, you should never go to a parish where you don't have the priest's permission. That's it's not a very respectful thing to do when you're trying to restore Catholicism. Um, and you should never uh, work things around so that you have to avoid calling it a lie. You can tell the priest the bishop gave you his blessing for your apostolate, but not to be there. There is the grounds of the priest or the both priests. And if you indicate that the bishop says it's okay, you are dishonoring the bishop and you are you are telling a lie. And so um you always, always, always need to do things right and respectfully, and you need to go to a priest and say, the bishop has given us his blessing, we're thrilled, here's what our apostolate is about, and if you would give us permission, we would be really happy to set up a table at your festival, and this is our book, we'll give you a copy, and we can we give that out free, uh, and if it's okay with you, Father, we'll do that. And you say, uh, you know, most priests will say, but I would never show up to a parish and simply do it. It's uh, That is disrespectful. It's dis- It's not honorable, Rick. Don't force your way into anything, even though it's a message for good. If you want to do that on secular grounds, try to set up and, and not be caught, you know, that's not good either. But um, in fact, I would never suggest it for anything, either Catholic or secular. So um, I know it's heavy on your heart. You want to spread this. But if you're trying to spread good in a way that counters good, you'll be, you'll defeat yourself. And our, our Lord and Lady won't bless it. Had you done it the right way, our Lord might have given you his blessing to be there. So this may have been an early example of how not to do things.
6: I think that's what it is. And we genuinely thought in our heart that we, we did do it the right way because the other gentleman with me asked permission from the club to go and they had no problem with it and so we we
1: from what club rick from what club
6: um, club? the italian club here in auburn
1: did you tell the priest that they gave you permission
6: Mm, i think we did mention mention it to him. you're not sure
1: well the thing is to have gotten permission from the priest and again if the italian club gives you permission you make sure you're speaking to the one in charge the president And then you could say to the priest, uh, Mr. Smith, Mrs. uh, Whomever, Jones, uh, who who are in charge of this, we did ask permission and we did receive it. And so very politely, very respectfully, that's okay. And if the priest says, well, I don't approve, say, well, we're so sorry, Father, and we'll pack up and go. At least you've done a good and respectful thing. And, and not to mention the bishop, other that you have the blessing for the bishop from your apostolate not to be there. Okay, so, Rick?
6: Uh, do you have any advice? What do we do now? Go apologize, or what would you recommend?
1: Yes, I would go to the priest and apologize and say we did ask the Italian group. Again, if you didn't ask the president, it means nothing. You don't want to get them in trouble. But if you ask the, the president of the group, the one who is in charge, Then I would go to that one and say the the priest didn't want it, so we had to leave, and let them deal with it.
6: Thank you, Mother. Thank you for your information today about the schools.
1: Okay, Rick. All right. God bless you, you, dear one. God bless you. you. We'll speak with you all tomorrow, beloved.